Boom, there we go. Hey. Hey, George, how you going? Hey. So, hi, Troy. Hi, Bruce. Hey there, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome on. Good. Bruce, you want to do the, uh, the initial introductions? Of course I do. You know, welcome everybody to Guitar Wank. Today, in continuing our, con our continuation of the Alexander Dumble stories, we have George Berkmeyer, who will tell you all about his friendship, but I luckily found out about him through Chris Fleming and Les Thomas. So uh, yet another man who has a whole completely different nuanced story and experiences with Alexander Dumble. So, and he's over in Germany right now. So thank you for making it work with all the various time changes we're dealing with, George. And welcome to Guitar Wank. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. I think it's exciting. I think it's good to talk a little bit about Alexander. We all miss him, but um, I think it's good to set some of the, the records straight, right? And uh, my relationship with him, of course, was always, uh, you know, through through amps and, and guitars and, you know, through Chris, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional musician, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hobby guitar player and, uh, my profession, I'm a mechanical engineer and, um, I work in the semiconductor industry for almost 35 years. And, uh, through Chris, I met Alexander and Alexander and I, we had a, a almost, yeah, almost 20 years of um, a friendship, a very close one. We stayed in very close contact. And, um, I, you know, besides getting amps from him, playing guitar together, being at his house, um, we shared a few other things together, right? And um, I think this is a different way of looking at, at Alexander. Um, he was looking at, uh, you know, a special way of treating water, revitalizing water. That was something I was working with him, uh, which was very interesting. Then uh, he was, I think, uh, in the previous uh, podcast, you know, I think um, Chris was talking about it. Richard McDonald was talking about it. He was um, uh, really suffering from the, from the exhaust fumes from the gardener up in Sunland. I think, Bruce, you probably know about it as well. And I helped him there. We did a few things on, uh, you know, air purifying and uh, special masks that you could wear. So it was some interesting. And the other one that Chris mentioned was about uh, the book, the famous or infamous Dumble book, which were a few, that's what we thought, a few guys, a few German guys. And uh, I will, you know, explain a little bit more. I think it was one guy really who had three different names. And... Um, which was almost like a spy story, right? <laughs> um, maybe a start, you know, when, when I met Alexander the first time, which, uh, you know, a lot of when you go on the internet and you read about it. And uh, so Chris and I, you know, we were very close friends. Uh, he's been here in Germany at my house a few times. And, this is Chris Fleming, right? Yes, Chris Fleming. So... Chris was at the time uh, very close with Alexander. And then he, you know, he said, hey, look, you, you two buddies, I think I should get you both together. And, um, I, you know, of course, when you play guitar, you know, I, I started, you know, playing guitars in my early teens. And uh, you heard about Dumble, but I'm, uh, 
I'm a clean player, right? I, I enjoy stuff like the earlier uh, Fabulous Thunderbirds. I'm big into Anson Thunderbird. Uh, Anson's a friend of mine and, and uh, you know, uh, Ronnie Earl, that kind of stuff. And, of course, Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Everybody in the, you know, <laughs> the early 80s, right, when Stevie came, I mean, we all enjoyed him. And, uh, and of course, I knew about Dumble, but um, since I'm a clean player, the overdrive special was not something that was appealing to me. So I didn't know much about it. And Chris said, um, we're going to drive up to Sunland and uh, you're going to meet my buddy, Alexander. You will really enjoy him. And uh, so I searched the internet. I saw the picture, you know, when he was like standing there with uh, the guns and, uh, you know, and you read on the internet that he can be a mean guy. <laughs> At first I thought, oh, geez, you know what I'm getting into here. You know, I wasn't driving with Chris uh, from Torrens up to Sunland. And I said, like, Chris, look, if he doesn't like me, what are we going to happen? And he said, look, I'm going to protect you. Don't worry. And he laughed, right? So you, Bruce, you were at him, you know, the gate, right? And suddenly yeah. the gate opened and here comes this big guy with the bandana comes out and, uh, you know, and shook hands and he was talking German to me. And that was, I didn't expect at all. He's, um, he's speaking the Deutsch. <laughs> yeah, and he, you could tell right away, it was not something you learned in school, right? So uh, the way he pronounced it, it was very clear that he knew. I mean, it was, it, it was uh, kind of rusty. I mean, he didn't talk a lot probably, but he was definitely talking in, you know, in German. And uh, so I found out his, uh, his uh, grandmother comes from Salzburg, and I live in south of uh, Germany, very close to Salzburg. It's about an hour away where I live. And so the bond was like immediate, right? So he, he really, uh, you know, we, he didn't call me George. He called me Georg because that should be the proper way of, you know, saying my name. And, uh, and uh, we sat down, right? And, and, and he loved coffee. The guy loved coffee. I, I sent Alexander always Italian coffee. He liked the beans. You know, he was really enjoying it. So we had a coffee and then, you know, we get to know each other and, you know, his music room or living room, it was all amps all over the place. And, I, you know, there was hardly a place to put the coffee pot down. So I put it on an amp and, and um, he said, so what you want to play? And, you know, I was intimidated. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you have all these tags on these amps around with all famous names, right? And then you sit there and it's like, oh, geez, you know. Uh, but before I went up and went in the internet, I... Uh, read a lot about this mystic amp the, the the angel's breath and that came in my mind i said you know i would like to check out this angel angel's breath and he laughed and said you know take your coffee pot away and you can plug into this thing right and uh, it was right there it was uh, not what i thought i thought it was like this mystical thing and it was like a you know a tweet amp like a you know like a bandmaster 310 or something and uh it was how it was called the angel's breath Angel's breath, right? It was at the time when I'm, you know, when I met him and I checked the internet, it was like a mystic amp, right? And, and uh, see, I didn't want to ask him on the overdrive special. I said, you know, this is a mystic, I want to check it out. And I don't even remember what it sounded like. I was intimidated. You sit there, it's the first time you meet the guy, you know that, you know, uh, you know, there was Stevie and all the other guys. But Alexander had a way of, you know, making you very comfortable. And when you were there, he was, you were always, you know, the attention was you, right? The guest who was here. And uh, so we checked out, you know, different amps and stuff. And uh, 
what was always interesting with him, he, you know, he was always preoccupied. Whenever something, then he was looking at this, and you talked about it, and he said, wait, let's go for lunch, right? And I said, oh, that's good, you know, let's go for lunch. And that lunch went into dinner. We had no food. I mean, Chris and I were almost starving there. And, um, but, you know, he had so many things to show. He was such a good host. And, uh, you know, we, we, we checked out all different kind of amps, and, and um, I still was not really that, interested first of all you know it's a lot of money and and you know i played with some friends and stuff so i'm not professional so fifty thousand dollars or whatever they cost it's a lot of money didn't ask him and uh, uh you know there was the first day and then uh, we stayed in contact via email and he asked me a lot about stuff and he was you know on the internet you read a lot about you know eating donuts and stuff i in all these almost 20 years i never saw him really eating junk food and when i talked to chris chris knows him better he never ate junk food he was really into uh healthy food and we talked a lot about it because uh, very close friends of mine are medical doctors they're in alternative medicine where he was really interested in, and he knew a lot you know when we traded books and and you know uh, we talked about it and he did a lot of the treatments himself and uh you know when he felt sick or he had cold and uh, he he knew how to put things together and he also was always easy you know open to share that with his friends and you know i said hey look i you know it's cold it's winter i'm sick and he, he sent me an email with like what i should take right and and uh so he was not really you know, he liked, you know, when we were out, he liked to eat for sure. <laughs> That's, but uh, it was not, not junk food. He was very health conscious. And that's when we got into uh, this device that he wanted to build where you revitalize water. And when it comes out of the faucet, then you put it in. And he sent me all these, you know, technical drawings and stuff. And that he's into it. And I had to really get into what, what it is, right? And he said, hey... You know, over in Germany, you can, you, I get, I need these titanium uh, plates. They're uh, plated with platinum because I really need to do this. And, and it was a very intense machine that he was looking at to, you know, for treating water. And uh, I have all the emails that we ever sent back and forth, right? And when you read through it, it is a science project. <laughs> so I. But he was, he, he had a, obviously a, a weight issue he's a big guy right so he was a big guy yeah he lost was that medical was that more medical than actual anything else or you don't know i i never asked him really on that right way you know i mean i think it was genetically in a way but you know when we were out eating i mean he 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 loved food there is no question he loved food but he was not a junk food you know i never saw him eating any sweets and and you know in, in this almost 20 years i was a few, you know, food time is his house. We and we talked a lot on the phone. We were right. really, we were really close on on stuff that he wanted, and he was very close to 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 German. He was, you know, his background was Austrian. His his grandma was from Austria. She was from from Switzerland, uh, from from Salzburg, and and but he felt that the Celtic or uh, you know, that, that's his descent. And that's why he thought he, you know, he's technical, very savvy. And he has all these uh, scientists side of it. And, and, um, he, he liked uh, books. He asked me a lot of books and he wanted them in German. 
He said, you know, send me in German. I can, you know, he could read for sure. Yeah. And it was not easy books, you know, it was not kid books. I mean, there was some, some, uh, you know, science books and, and uh, he was big into uh, history and, you know, like a lot of Americans, they're interested in the, you know, the Nazi German time. He was too, he wanted to read a lot and he gave me the books that he wanted and I just got him and sent him over. So he could definitely read very well in German. Wow. So, so you guys, um, so you you would obviously come to America and you guys. Yeah, I worked for an American work. company all my life. I worked for, in the Bay Area. I lived in the Bay Area for six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how I got to meet uh, Chris, right? I, uh, I ordered the custom shop guitar after I uh, played one of his guitars and, uh, and it was a, Telecaster, I'm, I'm a Strat guy, but it was a Telecaster I really liked. And, and um, so I ordered one and I got in touch with Chris and Chris and I hit it off right away. And, you know, we became best of friends, uh, his daughter and my daughter, same age. They're, they're very close friends. And, uh, you know, that's another one why my daughter took one semester in the Los Angeles area. And uh, Chris went up with uh, his daughter and my daughter to meet Alexander. You know, it was funny. Uh, Alexander, you, you knew he didn't like to, that people take pictures of him. Mm -hmm. and he was never really happy. Also, the one that showed up from Don Felder, that was just like two years ago, he was very upset about it. Oh, he sneaked that in. He said, that shouldn't, you know, he should not happen. And <laughs> he, he didn't like, he liked that mystical thing about him. But my daughter had a brand new camera. I tell you, I have like hundreds of pictures. I was jealous. You know, I never asked him. My daughter is like, you know, he was, I have pictures of him. My daughter was Chris, Chris's daughter, right? He had no problem, you know? <laughs> so, you know, when they were kids or, or, or you know, or the, the ladies around, he was a, he was a good host. My, my, my daughter was very, uh, you know, upset when she heard that he passed away. And uh, because he's just such a good host. So they had really fun there. and. Uh, you know, he, he, he had so many interests, you know, in my industry, in the semiconductor industry, right? I mean, I have a lot of very smart people, you know, physicists, you know, chemists, and the word genius will, is used lightly sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I was in R&D and so maybe I would say I'm, a handful is a lot if I would say they're geniuses. But Alexander was a genius. He asked me questions about semiconductor that I couldn't answer, that I had to go back and ask, you know, my, uh, some of the physicists, hey, look, a friend of mine asked this question. And they asked me, is he in semiconductor? Where is he working? I said, no, no, he's a private guy. He's just reading that stuff. <laughs> um, so he knew, you know, even though he was in tubes, he definitely knew the semiconductor side. Right. And the same with, with this water machine, you know, the purifier or whatever it is. And, and I asked him, so you, you're going to do this now commercially or what were you going to do with it? No, it's just for me. I'm going to, I want healthy water. Right. And uh, he was, uh, he was always looking the same was, he, he was heavily into space stuff. He, he was, an, he was crazy about NASA. Right. He, uh, you know, he sent me emails at eight tonight it's a good night and the uh, you know the endeavor is uh, probably i can see it i make some pictures and and uh, he, he just enjoyed that and when he did that he stopped everything right he stopped making amps even yet <laughs> that's why sometimes you had to wait right and, uh, <laughs> did you now did you get a uh, a dumbbell amp i have three of them uh i got the the tremolux that uh 
Chris let go. <laughs> uh, even even Alexander said, you know, Chris is 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 stupid to let that amp go because it's a really special tweet amp. And uh, you know, I I played tweet amps before. You know, before I had a, a tweet pro uh, that I really you know liked, and uh, and I like blackface amps and. Um, and then when Chris, when I got this, you know, when he got this Tremolux and we played, he had a warehouse and we played and I, you know, and I played through this Tremolux. It was like, oh my God, I got to get this. This is the fucking best tweet amp I've ever played. <laughs> and I begged him and he, you know, he, he, he sold it to me. <laughs> and uh, that's when I really got into it. Right. And it was about five years. I knew Alexander where I really got started to, where I said, I need an amp. Uh, you know, he went through and he had a really good year. Right. And when you read people are talking about, you know, the audition and you need to send them this and that. And he, he does that really to understand what you like. We talked a lot. He always asked me, what are you after? What are you not liking? Uh, what is the guitar that you like most? Right. And, and, uh, and you know, when, after a few, you know, a few times you're there, you kind of get relaxed and we played together. He, he was a fantastic guitar player. Right. And, uh, I'm into, you know, early stuff, like I like the 50s stuff. And, we, you know, he was big into Eddie Cochran, right? And I, I like that. I mean, he pulled out the guitar, played Eddie Cochran stuff. And, and we were talking and, and he kind of find out, you know, I played also the, the, the Steel String Singer that um, Chris was talking about it. The Stevie Ray one was there. I mean, that thing was just, you know, it blows the roof off, right? I mean, that's not something you need. Um, I played the, you know, the overdrive special, but I don't know, Bruce, have you ever seen that, uh, little deluxe, the blackface deluxe in his, uh, living room that was his? Oh yeah. I always plugged into that one. It was like, man, this is just, this is what I want. Right. I'm, I'm, I like the fender clean and, and, uh, I don't want, you know, that it farts out and stuff. So it was like the. Every time I was visiting him, I plugged into this amp and played and checked out different guitars. And um, so I asked him after five years, I said, look, I, I, I need one of these. <laughs> and, um, you know, and he, he, you know, he, he, made a, he made that amp for me and uh, he made suggestions. He said, you know, this is what I'm going to do for you. Let's do a, a, one of the 112 cabinets with it. So and uh, he was not doing the cabinets at the time he he was very close friends with carrie wright and he called up carrie and said look george is going to call you i'm okay if you make him a 112 double cabinet and and that little machine is great i mean it's uh it, it i think i'm not the only one i know that chris cop has one and i know that uh I think Clapton has one of it, and uh, Frank <laughs> has one of the same. I think everybody who went to his into his uh, living room or you know music room, what he called it, and plugged into the amp, everybody was like, "This little you know blackface deluxe is the the one was non you know non reverb one." Just like everybody was like, "Jesus, this thing sounds incredible," and um, I, I love that. Everybody you know my friends or whatever plugs into it is like, "Wow, it's it's so you know." I think it's something like ultraphonics, rockphonics. I never ask him what it is. Um, yeah. He just made that. I have a rockphonics uh, bandmaster that uh, I wanted a bigger amp too. 
that's a 50 watt amp and uh, and that was came like a, a year or two later i asked him uh, and um you know it's interesting also the way he did it i mean he sent me constantly the emails with updates what the readings are i mean i couldn't do anything with it i'm not you know i, I can adjust bias and change tubes and uh, clean a pot but that's about it right and um he um you know this bandmaster it was the same with chris that was chris fleming was talking about he had a, a a blonde one and that was the i think the product that was the prototype uh, alexander said uh, for the rock phonics and that's what uh what i got so i got three amps from him and uh i'm joining they're not gonna go anywhere um the funny story was with the bandmaster he put in the in the in the back he put the plate right custom built for you know Georg Birkmeyer and uh, oh wow took him three months to do that um because <laughs> he wanted to do it and Chris said give me that plate I'd make it in the custom shop in 10 minutes but you know no way Alexander wanted to do it all proper in this way and wow uh, I would love to see some pictures of some of those I'd make you some pictures send it to you I mean I would oh, uh, love to put it on the Facebook you know he didn't do that for my amp he didn't I mean he gave me a a hand tag you know handwritten tag for it yeah, he, yeah. he didn't put any like uh you know any identifying things on the actual amp itself yeah, he, can't, he he gave me folders with all of them yeah i got a folder did you get the folder when he said yeah 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 you know it's he put it down i mean his handwriting was killer i mean he was like and he with the dremel tool he put them the, on the chassis from the the bandmaster he you know he put fender in in you know with the the spaghetti logo f and stuff i mean he was he had he had a great way and you know the handwriting was unbelievable i mean uh Wow. and he put it all together and you know he put the schematic in and and uh and then he you know he put a little note in there for me and you know you know uh, he, he, he was just a really nice guy and and um yeah and and uh you know we then the, the next thing was really funny he was looking into uh, i don't know what it was it was some some measurement tool uh like an oscilloscope or something i don't know i don't even know what it was but yeah he, he gave me you know the 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 model whatever the model name and it's a german company it's a it's a munich company called rodion schwarz which is a very old company and they make these really high-end testing systems um it happened that my my neighbor just a few houses down worked for for that company for 40 years or something and i you know i went over said look this friend of mine in the us uh he wanted this machine uh can you find out about it and he looked and he said geez how does he know that we make very very few of them this is very professional stuff and i said you know yeah but he wants it uh how much is it he said it's about ninety thousand euros right it's a, a hundred thousand dollars or something brand new and he said what is he doing i said he builds amps <laughs> uh, you know, what you mean by amps? Yeah, he builds back, you know, tube amps, and he says vacuum tube amps. I said, yeah. I said, why does he need this machine? I said, you know, beats me. And uh, so they were looking at refurbished one, but these things were really, really expensive. But Alexander knew all this stuff. He says a lot of people don't even know that these machines exist. Wow. And so he was he was really searching, and um, yeah, he. He was into a, a lot of different things, right? Not only not only the amps. He was, 
was his uh, his water idea was that did that make all sense what he was coming up with there well there is a, a japanese one they called uh kangen uh water they re revitalized it there is also some guys in austria maybe that's where he came up with this thing and i don't i don't know if he ever finished i asked him did you finish say yeah i worked on it and and but i, I got him parts right i got these parts i was looking around and and I had to, I even had to make drawings, you know, for the guys to make that. So we, I bought these titanium with platinum plated plates that, that he needed, right? And uh, so uh, he built the thing and he actually fixed his water with it. For himself, right? For yeah. himself. And, and uh, he was very health conscious. I think, Bruce, you, you, you know, when you met him, he, he, he was always looking at, uh, you know, I know it was weird. I mean, he would give me like he would talk about health advice, and you kind of look at him and you go, "Well, I don't know if I'm going to take advice from this guy." You know what I mean? And you know what I mean? He he didn't <laughs> look healthy. You know what I mean? And, and of course, he was very uh, well known for being uh, particularly sensitive to things that yeah. oftentimes people really didn't believe. You know, like uh, a friend of mine brought him an amp to be fixed. And he claimed that it had microbes in it that got him sick. And so he didn't work on it for years or something, you know, and the guy practically had to, you know, threaten his life to get the ant back. And, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I'd heard all those stories. And, and so, like, I'm going like, well, this guy's giving me health advice, but I'm not seeing a particularly healthy person. Or from what I've heard, he's not, you know, really healthy. So, you uh, know. He didn't look healthy. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, so, I mean, but at the same time, I do know that everything he's interested in, he doesn't do lightly. I mean, he's just... He was researching. You know, he's... So, like, I listened to it, and I considered it, of course. I don't even remember what it was about, you know, but... Um, you know, I was just... Yeah, I mean, the guy is just... He doesn't do anything half-assed. He's, like, full-on. Everything. Yeah, he's... When he's on to something, that's why I think sometimes it takes for him to finish amps because when he gets you know derailed and he does something different then he gets just into this right he he then another thing he sent me pictures on a telescope that he was building himself wow. uh, you know to look into space and and he was he was big into the space stuff i mean we talked many times about it and, and you know when when there was any event um you know when when there was uh oh god it was a few years back when the european space agency when they had this uh satellite kind of landing on one of the uh it was a meteor or something i was not even but he was like shut off everything else he was really focusing on that and uh yeah. and he showed me the, uh, the 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 telescope that he built I mean, it was it was killer i mean he did all by himself he, you know wow. anything that you could buy was not good enough right for him it was not was he, was he uh, a believer in the ufos and aliens and all that stuff we talked a little about it he was um uh, you know he heard about harp no <laughs> um you know there's a little bit of the conspiracy side he had right no. uh, harp is a system that he explained me was up in alaska where the u.s government is uh fooling with the weather and and uh we talked a little bit about the ufo things and uh, uh but uh i don't know we just we never got really down if he believed 
Right. They're here or they're coming or they're ready. You know, I was not, not, uh, but he was more into the scientific side of it, really. That would, uh, what really interested him. And, uh, you know, and then when he gets derailed, all the amps and everything was just put on hold. It was, uh, you know, it's, uh, because, you know, you got emails like every day, I got a couple of them and then there were two months and there was nothing. You know, you send him an email or you call them up and he had these, what he called the shifts that he works, right? When, like in the summer when it was hot, he was working through the nights and sleeping through the day. Mm. And, uh, which was good for me, you know, since I'm um, nine hours, yeah, time, right. you know, we, we could talk and, and uh, sometimes he, you know, he didn't pick up the phone because he was, he said, yeah, I saw that you were, you know, that you were calling, but uh, I was into something, right? And, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, he lived his life, right? Like I said, he's really, he was a genius. He was into stuff, but if you, you know, if you meet geniuses or, you know, just, they live different than the rest of the world, right? Is uh, he, uh, they call him eccentric or whatever. And, and, uh, but he was that person, right? It's the same with his amps. Uh, I mean, he didn't goop by any of my amps because he trusted me fully. He said, look, I don't need to do anything I know. I know that you will never sell, you will never, you know, let anybody look at it. But when you read, you know, when you, when I read the emails that he sent me, to me, they were all his babies, right? You didn't buy an amp, you basically bought a, a license fee, which is a lifetime license fee. But that's kind of the way I looked at it, right? I mean, you right. get the license fee of using his amps. And uh, that's, I think, the way he kind of looked at it, which is kind of weird, right? I mean, if you pay him money, it's yours, right? I mean, if I buy a Fender guitar and Fender will tell me, hey, you know, but it's mine, you know, it, it's, but that's the way he looked, you know, and, and he was happy. He wanted to help you, right? He was, I mean, Bruce, you went through the, uh, through the experience with him getting an amp. It's, it's, uh, he, he had, to me, had the perfect, the perfect pitch, a perfect ear, right? He heard stuff. Yeah, yeah, he did. Know. Yeah, I mean, I went through that process, and yeah, and he built a great amp, uh, and but he gooped mine, so I guess he didn't completely trust me. Well, it looks like he didn't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I showed his positions. I've still got the amp, and he's gone. I haven't showed it to anybody, so you know. Yeah, it, it it was it was funny on the on the on the deluxe, you know, this blackface deluxe that I have. He asked me, I said, "So what you want?" I said, "What do you mean by what I want? You want old parts and new parts in it, you know? How building?" I said, "Geez, you know, you asking me? <laughs> I said, What's the difference?" And he says, "Well, sound wise, no difference." And I said, "So what is the difference? Uh, if you open it up and you look inside, you know, with the old parts, it looks like you know Fender." like they did back in the 60s the other one not but it's more reliable I said, okay that's already you sold me on the on the new parts right it's yeah. uh i would never open up why would i right and and uh, well but, he even uh, sent you so he even sent you a schematic yeah he gave me schematics that is, that is really weird i mean you know i mean one thing to goop or not to goop but to send you a schematic yeah that's kind of i mean i guess he did because you know you're a fellow mechanical engineer you know 
And he never explained me what he did. I, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, he probably wanted you to see what he did because he trusted you and he knew you could understand what the schematics said. And of course, you know, because that would be like, obviously, that thing is worth a lot of money, you know, just the schematic itself, you know. I think the schematic doesn't help you when you see how he built, right? I'm not an amp builder. I'm a mechanical engineer. I mean, uh, I know a little bit about it, but, uh, you know, Chris knows more than I do, right? But uh, I think he already knows how the amp sounds before he even soldered it together. He uh -huh. knew because he measured every every part that went in there, right? Even the pots, everything. He measured everything. I think he knew before he put it together what the amp would sound sound like and what he wanted to do for you, right? Um, and that's why he was listening, right? I mean, I asked him, I said, look, I hear all these things about you have to audition. And then he said, oh, you know, you qualified. And I said, what the funny thing is when I played, you walked out the room, you know? And he says, yeah, I do that because people get relaxed and then they start noodling around the way they play. And then I know how they pick and what they like. And when you adjust the amp, I know where you're going. And, um, and that's how, you know, I mean, the amps, I, I had not a bad amp day ever since, right? And, and uh, I'm very happy. You plug in, it's exactly what I want to hear. He made it for me. He knew, he knew I'm big into amps and Thunderbird. I like that kind of tone, the clean, you know, or, or you know, like early Jimmy Wong. I mean, that's what I grew up with, right? And that's yeah. what I like. Huh. He achieved that, right? Wow. Yeah. So did he ever visit you in Germany? He would love to. I, I said, look, if you come by, but, you know, it was for him. I think that would be a big ordeal, right? I think Tim, tra I could not imagine him traveling on an airplane. On an airplane, going on an airplane with all that, you know, the health issues that I think he had. You know, like Chris said, he had seizures and he had, I think it, it would be a, a major ordeal for him, right? Yeah. But he would love to. I mean, he asked me to send him pictures, right, from, uh, I said, Salzburg he liked or from our area where I live. And he, he wanted to see or, you know, I traveled to Scotland. He always said, hey, make me all these pictures. And, and um, you know, he, 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 he was very interested. And I think he would love, he would have loved to come here. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just going for dinner or for lunch with him was uh, not so easy, right? And, uh, right. So, okay. So tell me what that was like. I mean, you know, you know, because I know, you know, obviously he ate good food. So he went to good restaurants, I assume. Yep. And, and uh, did he like have special places he liked to go for certain? Yeah, he, he picked the restaurants. He picked the, the restaurants. Um, Chris would know. I, I, I was just... You know, sat in the car with Chris and we went yeah. there. I, I was always there with Chris. So yeah. Chris Fleming and I, when, you know, when we visited Chris, we went up there. And, uh, you, know, he, you know, he liked good good steak and, uh, you know, seafood. And uh, uh -huh. no, he, he, he definitely liked food. There was no, no question about uh -huh. it. And, and the places you went were, was he kind of a regular, like he knew the staff and they knew him or no? Um. In this one, one of the first in the steak place we went, yeah, they knew him. Yeah. They knew him. Um, but, you know, he, he uh, yeah, he liked food. But, but no, you know, no chunk. I never, and, and I, you know, I talked to Chris about it a few times. I haven't seen him any sweets or anything. He, um, 
he was conscious of what, you know, he, he made smoothies when we were there with a lot of vegetables and he called us up, you know, before we drove up and he asked uh, Chris to buy, you know, avocados and, and uh, you know, vegetable stuff and so to bring with us, right? He wanted fruits and, and he, man, he loved, he loved coffee. He uh, really loved coffee. Did he ever? Did he ever drink? I never saw him drink alcohol. I know he did in the early days, but I think he did. Uh, you know, the the time I know him, I never saw him. Even when we went to restaurant, he he had no no wine, and you know, I'm I'm from Bavaria, I like a beer, right? I mean, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, he was not. No, he was not. Uh, I never saw him that right. And um, like I said, he, he 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 had this health issues, and you could definitely tell he was he was careful what he did right and and some of it maybe was a little bit of uh, would you call it paranoia i don't know but it was uh like the fumes right like the gardener i think he kind of uh it bothered him so much that he just uh, i think it was worse it, it was it was worse in his mind than it really was mm -hmm. and um you know and it was the same with you know about the you know when when Chris was on, on your show and he was talking about uh, the double book, right? Uh, that was quite an episode, you know. He, he hated that book. I mean, he, he, he hasn't seen it, but he hated it. And um, so he called me up and I said, you got to go after these guys. And they said, let me see what I can do. And there was this guy, um, Jesse Schwartz was the name on the book. The guy doesn't exist, right? The name is fake name. And there was another one, Joe Southworth was the same guy. And we found out because a friend of mine, uh, he's you know, guitar buddy of mine, and he's a, he's a lawyer. And uh, so I got, I got him involved. I said, man, you got to help me. This, I, I don't know where to go. <clears throat> and we've got to stop these guys. So he actually called up. Uh, Alexander and they discussed it what to do and you know, Alexander gave him some and so and then we traced it down and we found out that the guy had three names Mick Kiss, Jesse Schwartz and Joe Southworth and but then we found out he's in Luxembourg right and uh, so we got some back where the guy said hey look uh, somebody answered then you know of course when the lawyer sensed that he says hey uh, we don't violate anything please get, tell me what we do and uh, Alexander said the pictures, especially on the cover, that's something a friend took, and he never gave the right to use that. And uh, and then you know my 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 friend, the lawyer, said, "Look, we gotta get one of these books because we need to see what's in there." So I called up, you know how Alexander is, you know, you buy the book and you lose the friendship. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> so I called him up and I said, "Alexander, I gotta get one a copy of these books, and they were not not cheap." And he said, "Oh." you're not going to give him money so, alexander if we need to find out what's wrong with this you know we we need to read it that you you can read it oh no i don't want it you know buy it but 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 i don't want to see it and it was actually not that bad it was just a, a you know they compiled some old interviews uh, and uh there were no pictures from the inside or anything uh, but he, he just hated it he just hated now, if people use his name um, so, so there was a Dumble book. Yeah. What? So, so this guy released this book, and it was just basically interviews, and was it much about the amps as well, or? No, they had. It's a. Uh, you have a lot of pictures of amps in there. Um, 
and uh, those interviews that he gave, he gave a lot in the, that was, I think it was in the 70s, got to be in the 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, he worked with the German company called Applied Acoustics. Oh, okay. And he, uh, he, I think he was still in Santa Cruz. Uh, it was way before he explained me a little bit about it. I mean, I was too young and not into his amps and stuff. And, and, uh, but the applied acoustics, I think it was some brothers. Um, and he would send them, it was like overdrive specials. And he would send them the chassis with some parts inside. There was just a transformers was missing and a few other things were missing and also no cabinet and the guys would put that together and i mean he just something went really bad um he didn't like him i think they started in the company kitty hawk um there was an am company here and and um so he had uh, some you know there was some foul doing he said and uh and um you know, and there were there were a lot of pictures and and the Fachblatt magazine, it's a German magazine, and there were a few other ones that did some interviews. And they actually, had one of the reporters from Fachblatt, uh, he 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 flew to Santa Cruz to interview him, and that was in the book. They were just published, already published stuff. And then there was one guy. And I'm sure you could get lots of pictures of Dumbles just from gigs of Robin Ford and Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan and stuff like that. You know, just people playing them on the gig. I mean. Yeah. But I mean, he hated it, right? And, oh yeah, and somebody was making money off his name, and he felt violated, you know. Yeah, and and he felt it's not the truth. And you know, we had this discussion over this whole thing about you know to find out. I mean, we sent then my 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 friend, you know, it's like official when the lawyer sent it to, to stop it. But you know, the books were already out. It was a limited edition, and and we had many discussions. And said, look, Alexander, you know people are interested in you you know that right and, and nothing is known right and and uh i think it would be good if people would get the real story why didn't he and write a book you know that would be the he story. was he, he was on it uh, he, he trusted that to me no you know who who he worked with was tom wheeler oh, okay and tom actually had an amp from him and um when there was a uh, Tom Wheeler brought out the book as uh, <clears throat> about the fender amps, <clears throat> I was the uh, you know that black with the black covers. There was one yeah. of the Stratocaster, and then the one with the and there were a lot of uh, uh, you know Tom Wheeler. He interviewed uh, Alexander for that book, and there is a um, you know there's always quotes from Alexander in that. Uh -huh. But they and Tom Wheeler, he trusted Tom, and he was talking to Tom to to write the Dumble book. Uh -huh. But uh, unfortunately, you know, Tom passed away, I think two years ago, three years ago. Or something. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it was, right, we could, we could get all those emails together. You know, I, I mean, I've got a, I've got a whole folder full of emails from Alexander yep. and I know you do, and I'm sure oh, I, got, does, and I, can, I, I can get a whole hard drive. Full of yeah, right, right. You know, I mean, that would be an interesting sort of, just cherry pick a lot of those, you know, but I, I don't have the time to do the editorial on that. That's for sure. No, but, you know, he sent me, he was between very open. He sent me, I have pictures from amps that nobody ever heard of, right? He made one as the mega 50, right? There was a, 
he, I, I got pictures of it, you know, when he put it. Then he had another one that he called Little Tiger. Never heard that thing. Then he had the Tone Beaver, right? And, and, and uh, like the Mega 50 was uh, uh, something that he, it was some, some amp he did in Santa Cruz. And then he said he kind of developed it to make a new type of it. That was not too long ago. It was just a few, you know, two, three years ago when he was, and he was always on to something. Man, and then when I was there, he showed me this uh, this champ, you know, a little Fender champ, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like yeah. The size of a purse. A five that was the, What? That was, yeah, I, I got an email about that one. He said, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I played it. Thing. I played it. Oh, you played it? It's like, he said, it's like, a, uh, it's like a distortion paddle, he said. Right, right. It's like a pig nose or something only yeah. sounds good. And, uh. And it was for like, you know, playing in the studio and not having to be super loud, but sounding like you're too loud. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. what he called it. Um, he had a name for that one. That was the Little Tiger. I think that was the Little, the little tiger. tiger. Right, right, yeah. And it was, that was a, the Little Tiger. Tweed champ, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah. That yeah. was the, and he, he, you know, he constantly sent me updates what he's working on, right? And, yeah. and uh, he had fun with, right? And, uh, I remember when he got the, the Eric Clapton amps, right? The, 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 the Fender amps. And I said, oh, you know, Larry Thomas sent me these amps. And I, you know, they look great. And I plugged them in. Oh, everything is wrong about them. <laughs> 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 so then he made one of them, you know, you see Clapton playing, right? And you think it's the, then it's a Tweedledee, right? Uh, uh -huh. And uh, he, he, uh, he got a kick out of it. He didn't even want it that people know, right, that it's a tumble. Right, they, yeah. and of course you don't tell much, right? And you know, I played my my bandmaster out, and then there was a, a guitar player came up and I said, "Man, I got a bandmaster. Mine sound really bad. Yours is incredible." <laughs> and I, I told him, "Say, hey, you might got a bad one, right?" And and yeah. but Alexander loved these stories, right? He loved. Do you know if Do you know if Clapton ever went over to his his house personally? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was he was a a, a few times at his house. Wow. <laughs> it was actually the day before my daughter showed up with Chris and uh, he was there. He told, because he told her, he said, oh, yesterday, Mr. Clapp, but, you know, my, my, my daughter is, she, I mean, she knows him, but, you know, it's a, right. a completely different generation, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was playing the, he was playing these, this song for me, or, and he was wanting me to help him with it. It was a song he was going to give to Clapton, you know, he was going to submit for Clapton's next record or whatever. And he, you know, and you know how Alexander, everything, he, he was basically in what I call an E jammer. He played everything, yeah. he, you know, and, um, <laughs> and he had this cool progression, but he was just like looking for something else to do with it. You know, I said, well, you know, you could change it to this, you know, and, and uh, we had a lot of fun, but yeah, he was talking about sending this song to Eric. You know, I wonder if Eric ever recorded it. You know, I don't know. I don't know, well, but Eric, he, and Eric's uh, Eric Clapton is on the show next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> but not that Eric Clapton. It's actually Eric Clapton, the guy who who works. He's actually a janitor at um, yeah. Well, where's the place? You know, at a Taco Bell. I think. Yeah, he's a janitor. Oh, okay. at Taco Bell. It's that Eric Clapton, different Eric Clapton, but I'm yeah, sure right. they can. They've got some fun stories. Yeah. Um, George, I've got to run, but I want to let you guys keep going. But I've got to duck out for a second. I've got a bit of a family thing I got to do. But um, keep talking, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we can do it. Yeah.
All right, I'll, man. I'll be I'll be back as soon as I can. All right. Well, <laughs> good luck. It's it's a holiday here today, George. Oh, what is it today? It's it's what we call President's Day. They oh, it's the President's Day. They just sort of like take all the presidents that were born in February yeah. and just sort of put it together into one day now. You know, so you get a Monday off. Yeah, I know. That's when I lived in the U.S. I remember the President's Day. Yeah, Lincoln and Washington were both born yeah. in February. Yeah, so. yeah. no good. Um, uh, no, I mean he he. It's funny that you know Chris told me when you know Clapton has these signature you know. Stratocaster, and he said he never came to to the custom shop, but he went up to Alexander to meet him, you know. And uh, yeah, but I think it's important. What I found is important that that uh, Alexander sees you how 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 you play, right, and how you pick. I think that's how he. That was really that. interesting. He made some observations about my guitar that things he really liked about it, and of course he played it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and you know, he he made some observations, and but he also kind of knew that I played other guitars, and he just wanted to hear my touch, you know, yeah. how yeah. I play. I think ultimately, I made the wrong decision with getting my guitar. Is, my amp is pretty much like that deluxe, except for it's a Vibrolux. He suggested oh, okay. you know, had a little cool. more power, and uh, and and it has two channels. So he, he gave me Ultraphonics in one channel and Rockphonics in the other. Oh, wow. I, so it's yeah, like he, two amps. And it's one of the last yeah. amps he built. You know, I mean, it was like 2019, I think, 2018, you know. Yeah. And uh, I made a little mistake. I don't think he heard how aggressively I play chords. So um, it has a tendency to break up. For me in live situations. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. And of course, when you're playing chords with lots of notes, you want you want to hear the notes. So, yep. um, so I really should have had him do a pro reverb and not a uh, not a Vibrolux. That was and that was probably as much my fault as anything. I I have an amazing pro reverb from like 1965, and you know I didn't want to I didn't want to change that. That was fine. Right. Um, and I really didn't like carrying it around. I still, you know, I still don't. I'm probably going to sell that thing because I just can't imagine carrying it around anymore. You know. Have you have you played Lessis Pro Pro Reverb? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's amazing. But yeah. you know, in 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 many ways, mine's just as good. Yeah, yeah. no, no, sound wise, like it's yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, but I like I like Lessis too. The thing about Dumbles, you know, and the thing about Fenders. You know, Fenders are scoopy amps. You know, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of mid-range in them. Yes. Which most, you know, jazz players tend to tend to like, like me. But I like to hear real treble, you know what I mean? I don't like that muffly treble. But they're scoopy amps, and, and, it ha and, it, and a lot of them have a tendency to be really harsh on the bright side. Especially the blackface. Yeah. They really can go there. And um, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, the amazing thing about Alexander is how he can voice those amps, that they're even brighter than the Fender amps, but it's but not hard. Make your ear bleed. No, it's, it's sweet, you yep. know, and that's yep. what's amazing to me with that amp. When, he, when I auditioned it, I let him set the tone controls for me to hear it first. You know, he like pulled it out and I pulled it out and I says, Alexander, will you set it to what you, where you think it should be? And the treble was like at eight. Jeez. And I mean, I've never had a Fender amp with the treble above five. 
yeah. Was, I mean, I mean, I don't even. I, I, I was scared to even hear what it would sound like. And it was quite bright, but it had so much sweetness and fatness that it didn't hurt. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he, which means there's a lot more mid-range in that amp than there was when I brought it to him. And it was a great sounding amp. It was a, a 66, you know, Vibrolux. It was a great sounding amp when I brought it to him, you know. So... Uh, but it did, he just really, the clarity and the sweetness of it, it's really, it's amazing. It's an amazing yep. amp, and I'm not so sure I'm going to keep it because it's just not useful for me except for in the studio. And I, between you and me, I mean, I play in the studio because I record, yep. but right. I hate playing in the studio. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm old, I'm old enough now to do what I like to do, and I want to play live. That's what I like. I don't like being isolated or wearing headphones or being in a strange environment yeah. and having everything like nitpicky. I just want to get up and tell a story. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so I, I would keep it because it's you know you will miss it. Play it at home, you know. It's, yeah. It's, uh, um, you know, I you know, like my my bandmaster. I think it's it's a professional amp. It's it's almost you know it's too much amp almost for me. You know. For, yeah. uh, um. He, when when I got it right, and I wanted because I have a two ten cabinet that Kerry made. It was all Dumble gave him the spec, and and I got the one twelve, and so I wanted you know so I can change the cabinets. So he you know I, I said I wanted you know two ohm, four ohm, eight ohm. That what I would like to have and switchable. Yeah. And then you know being in Europe, I also want to be able to have different the voltages and stuff. And and uh, he had these uh, transformers that he had special made for him years ago right so and they were from tortoise he told me and he cannot get them and he had three left he said one is for um lenny kravitz for his i think he got an ultraphonics marshall or something and he said and one he wants to keep for himself because he has a project that he wants to do but he would give me one but he said, "Look, oh, it's more expensive." And I said, "Alexander, just you know, don't worry about it. Tell me what it is. If it's too much, I tell you, right?" Yeah. And and uh, I mean, it's a big iron in there, and this thing is just really. So your bandmaster is a head. So it's a, it's a head, not a combo amp. It's no, a, it's a head. It's a, it's a black face. It's like a yeah. It's a bandmaster or a basement? No, a bandmaster. I like I like the tremolo, and he put the dip, deep dish, what he calls deep dish tremolo. It's just you know you can expand yeah. more, you can slow it, and the regular Fender one. But it's like you, you know, you, I never used the bright switch on the on the you know on the black face, but you can use the bright, the yeah, bright yeah, side yeah. of it, and it still doesn't make your ear bleed, right? Right, and, I know. It's he's and it's not muddy. I mean, it's not. Oh, it's still bright. It yeah, it's still bright. I mean, he doesn't sacrifice that high end. He just makes it. And you know, a guitar actually has a lot of high end. And if you play an acoustic guitar, there's a lot of ringiness to the Ringing, instrument. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's nice to be able to access that electrically without hurting yourself or other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, he, but he, you know, that's what he got. What you said, it's getting that muddy. Also on the on the low end, you know, on the ba on the bass, it doesn't fart out. And yeah. if it starts to distort, it's extremely musical. I never heard something before that, right? Right. You know, I always thought I don't need a dumbbell amp, but yeah. then you at his house and you played it and just like, you know, you go home and it's like, Jesus, I never, you know, you don't, you don't hear that. There is, right. yeah. it's just like 
I, I read that once. I think was it Ray Kudo or David Lindley? Some of, one of them said that Dumble builds the fender right, and that's kind of where where I see it. He ba he he makes fender right. There is nothing that you miss in there, right? And, and uh, you know that's. I, w I wouldn't sell it if you have one, right? I mean, it is, it is such I, I don't a know. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll have to make a decision at some point. I'm, you know, I'd sure like it out there making more music than it is with somebody who could, you know, who would enjoy the distortion it gives. Because it, it is, when it distorts, it is so beautiful. And I just <sighs> don't need that in my playing, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a clean player, too. Right? I go right there. I, 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 like I said, I don't. I don't even have a. Dis you know, I use a distortion pedal when I play slide. Right, that's the right. only only way. Other than that, I'm. Well, my problem is like I want the distortion when I'm playing single lines, but I don't want it when I play chords. When I play chords, <laughs> and of course, chords is when it does it the worst. Yeah, yeah, because it's then gets fuller. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And that's when you don't have the big iron in there, you know, the, the transformer. That's probably, it's probably a little bit too. I have that with the deluxe. You know, it's great at home or if you play in a, you know. A friend of mine has a little studio then it's perfect right it doesn't right, right. kill you right that uh, but as soon as you get out live and you get hot you know yeah then it's yeah, a different so, story uh, yeah so i mean did did he ever like um when he moved did you were you still in touch with him when he moved up to turlock he, he you know the funny th i think he never turned on his uh his computer right um he was so happy. That's what I know from Chris. I think Chris talked to Drew, yeah. to Drew and he told, I, I was in contact with him before he moved. And I was actually worried, right? Because at the end of last year, you know, it was like December. You normally, we, you know, we write and, you know, the phone didn't work, right? Because he doesn't right. have, he didn't have a cell phone. I think he never, you know, and uh, I sent him emails, you know, the new year and said, hey, how is it going when you go to Turlock? And, and then I was kind of worried. And, um, you know, the next I heard when Chris called me up and I said, man, you know, uh, he passed away. And it, it was, you know, the good thing is it was quick. It was not really, you know, suffering. That was, that was good to hear, right? Even so, it, um, and he was very happy where he was. I think it was a dairy farm or something. And he was very happy uh, being a part of the family. He liked to be a part of the family. He was a very... Um, as much as he liked to be by himself and does whatever he likes to do, you know, it's um, a guy who's never married, right, and has no kids. You live on your own. You kind of get weird anyway. I have a few friends there. They live there by themselves, uh, you know, since we're <laughs> in the 20s. And, uh, you know, you do your own thing. And that's what he was. But he loved, he loved kids. He, he, he loved to see. I got three kids, right? And when I sent him pictures and stuff and, like I said, my daughter, he, he, he met and he, he loved family. He was a... Right. I also heard he loved women, even though yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't have a whole lot of... I don't know that he had a lot of success with them or not, but um, I did hear that he was quite a ladies' man. Like, he would be very, you know, very charming and... Humor. He had a good sense of humor. A very good sense of humor, right? And and he was like I said, you know, my my daughter and 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 Chris's daughter the same age. And uh, I think his is already now thirty, and mine will be will be thirty this year, right? But they were like in when she was over there was like in mid twenties or something. And uh, she said it was a great day. He was just a really and he's a nice guy, right? And yeah, uh, it was funny when I you know 
when Les sent me the, the link to the, your podcast with, with Chris, right? When Chris said, oh, man, he, he, he fucking hated uh, John Mayer. That's a little harsh. I called him up and said, Chris, he never really hated anybody. He didn't want to talk about somebody. If, if you went into the deep end, right, which means, uh, and I think that's what he also did wrong is, you know, he went to Two Rock, opened the amp. That was it. Done. Yeah. You know, don't. Um, but he, yeah, he was people that he didn't like, but it's like all of us, right? I mean, you don't have chemistry with everyone. And it didn't mean that if you had a lot of money that you get an amp, you know, and he hated it when you come as, oh, here's the money and make me an amp, you know, that this would not work with him. Yeah. He had the, the feeling that he liked you and he could help you, right? That he could do something for you. And, you know, I, I talked to him about it too. I said, look, I have, you know, he made me two amps. The one is the one that he did for Chris, but you know, that he made me one. I said, look, you do certain things that I like. There is some in, in your playing, you, know, you don't have to be a professional, but he kind of, you know, I played some licks that he said, oh, how you do this, right? I mean, he make yeah. you, and he was a better player than me, that's for sure, right? He was, a, he was a, in a different way. I mean, I played completely different stuff, but I don't think he really hated anybody, but what he really, I think what he hated and why um, this whole thing about uh, the, you know, the prices on his amps and what really hurt him is he, he told me he had customers that he spent really time with to build an amp, right? They were there and they were playing and they were discussing and they got the amp and the, within a few days they sold them and made oh. a lot of money on it. And that was for him disgusting. That's what he called the disgusting bunch, right? And, and uh, because he, he makes it for you, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in, in the days I know him. I don't know how it was when he was in Santa Cruz or when, but in the almost 20 years I knew him, he made, you know, he, he made it for, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to help musicians or, you know, he, he actually wanted to say he wants the best guitar players in the world and he makes amps for him. And that's what he did. And, and it meant something to him, right? Wow. And, uh, if, I think he was okay if he liked somebody, you know, I, I know like Robin Ford, I think there was something he told me once the, the, the amp broke down and he had a guy at, Colorado, whatever, fixing it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, when people say, oh, he cannot come back, but he, lo he loved Robin, you know, and, and Robin said, it doesn't sound good. So he brought it and he fixed it up and he said, oh, the guy in Colorado, he didn't know anything about the power section. And that's what he told me. And he fixed it. Right. Um, or the other funny thing is, you know, Scott Hannison, I listened to him when he said, you know, the bandmaster he had, and he sold it to Germany. He's actually a friend of mine owns it. And Alexander knew. I told Alexander, I said, hey, you know, this friend of mine, he has, uh, he has that amp. And he was not upset. He just said, oh, yeah, Scott, I think I, I, I could never make him really happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he doesn't really know what he wants that makes him happy. That's kind of what he said. But he didn't say, you know, Scott is done or something. He was not that person. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think well, it was there John. Are, the, but George, there are a lot of people who that has happened with. It, but, you, you know, I talked to him, too. I said, look, you know, because when you know him better, I said, hey, you know, I was scared in the beginning, you know, to meet you because of all what you on the Internet. And yeah. the only comment he made, he never made anything bad about anybody. He just said, oh, you got to hear the other side. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and, I do have a friend who knew him very, very well from the Santa Cruz day, you know, and they were in the process of building an amp and he found out that, that this guy happened to know and was friendly with uh, Bill Kernard of, of Two Rock. Yeah, well, that's it. And boom, he cut him off. That's it. You know, I mean, and, and not only did he cut him off from making the amp, but he cut him off as a friend, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, so, they, they, you know, that is pretty extreme. I'm sorry. It, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what he was. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I, know, I, I mean, he's an eccentric guy. It's okay. Geniuses generally are. No, but he, that's... Yeah. I agree with you. I think that was... You know, uh, I mean, I, I feel sorry for both of them because... This guy loves Alexander and respects him so much. And uh, he would have loved to have had that amp. And he would, have, he would have gone, he would have agreed to all the agreements that there are. I mean, of course, I have no agreement with him now. He's no longer no. alive. But, um, but you know, I, I would do my best to make sure that whoever bought this amp was more of a collector who would protect it rather than mm. help somebody make money off his name, you know, because that's yeah. what he would want. But I mean, I have no control once I sell it. If I do, it goes. Or if I die, you know, and then Troy ends up stealing it from me, you know, then he gets to, he gets to put his kid through college, you know. Yeah, that, that was the, the weird side on. Sorry, Troy. I said that's probably what will happen. I know. I predict yeah. that's what's going to happen. That, that'll be a guitar wank mishap. Bruce will <laughs> obviously die. Scott will be missing, and Troy will end up with all the riches of guitar wank. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, my Dumble will put Cressy through college. You know? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think it depends. Sometimes with him, it depends on who it is. You know, Chris went uh, to the dark side, as he called it, because when Chris, he, he had an episode when he left Fender and he worked for, uh, what was it called? You know, there, there, there was Two Rock and uh, Fano Guitars and... and and he worked for them. He was the, the VP there and, and Dumble kind of, you know, because Turok was there and that was for him. He was very upset about it. Uh -huh. And, uh, but he liked Chris so much, right? He kind of backed off for a while, but then when Chris went back to Fender then he was, he was okay, right? He, ah, so there is actually the case of one person coming out of exile. Yeah, yeah, he came, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta like Chris. I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. And I told him too. I said, "Look, Alexander, we have to make a living. We have kids to go through college, and you have, to, you know, the payments." And he said, "Well, you know, old, uh, how do you call the old rancho, his house." I said, "Yeah, oh, this is about you know, I have to run like five, six hundred dollars a day here to make it going." I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, well, he must have. Then, then we must have been spending his money on something. Maybe he was eating junk food when you weren't looking. Uh, maybe that, but junk food is not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's a lot of tacos, but you know, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think some of the supplements that he, you know, this the stuff that he bought and and uh, you know what he did, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be, but um, yeah, I mean, he he uh, he was he was upset about it when he went there. Maybe, maybe he was hiring escorts, you know, to come to the house. Yeah, he didn't like people in the house. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. know. Maybe, maybe he had like a storage shed out back that he brought them into. Yeah, or he was driving somewhere because, I'm, I, you know, the way I know him, he, he didn't like people come around. I know, I know, know, I know. Oh, believe me, I know that. You have to get let in the gate and let in this. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you drive up, you call him up from yeah, the, right, you know, yeah. the car, yeah. and then he opens up and... 
you know, it was funny. I mean, and, and uh, but I enjoyed every time I was there. It was it was fun time. Oh yeah, and it was always went for a long time. I mean, you know, it went for a long time. <laughs> it was a little bit exhausting sometimes, right? I mean, he, uh, sure. but uh, you know. Well, you know, but everybody's, uh, you know, I was listening to all the podcasts, you know, from, from Dumble on yours, and everybody says the same, Richard McDonald, you know, Scott Hannah, everybody, you said the same, as like, you go to the bathroom, right? I mean, he fills you up with coffee, you got to go to the bathroom, you could, the first time we went in, I was like, where the hell is the bathroom here? I mean, there, it was just boxes of selection speakers, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the whole house is an amp. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's and, great. Uh, so uh, we got to wrap this up here. Um, yep. Do you have any like final comments, anything we haven't covered, just things you would like really everybody to know about Alexander from your no, point? No, I think of we covered. I think what, what's really important is to know the person, right? It's not only the amp guy, but he was a, he was definitely extremely smart person and not only in one field he was like you said he was researching and he knew he was really knowledgeable he had his own way he was um uh, he loved you i mean there was one thing you know when he heard anything here in germany some natural disaster or something or there was you know a few years back there was a shooting in munich and he the first thing he was like are you okay right he was a very caring person and he was not that you know mean guy that that sometimes on the internet you read and and uh you know he uh like all of us you know you you have people that you like and there's people you don't and if somebody crosses you wrong i mean uh you know i'm six foot two i mean if somebody gets to i i can be an ass too right <laughs> i mean that's for sure if you cross me the wrong way right it's uh and then the German come through, right? We're very direct. <laughs> we call it toilet, not bathroom, man. You know, we just how how quick the shiza. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thank you for this, Jorg, and thank you. Thank for, you for having me. Well, thank you for helping us to paint a picture of a man who is obviously misunderstood yeah. and very complex. And yep. through the stories of people like you and all the other guests, I think we're living a really, leaving a really nice tribute to a man who, of course, really changed the world in so many yep, ways for did. so many of us. Yeah. So, and it was good to know him. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm happy that Chris introduced me. And when I tell you, Chris is another interesting guy, and I think you want to have him on. I mean, he builds guitars. I have a few of them. They're amazing. I have yeah. original old, you know, 56 Strats and his... Right, and the pickups and stuff that he yeah, made. He's another one. I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm blessed with my with my gear. I cannot blame it on my gear. That's for sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you, none of you us can. That excuse, man. <laughs> nope, that's not an excuse that works. And uh, so it's. Well, I'm, uh, coming, I'm coming through Munich uh, or southern Germany in in April. Maybe we'll have a chance to meet up and have a beer. Oh, sure. I I get you out for some good beer and some good food. Uh, if you come, you know, you got my you got my, my yeah, email. Yeah, I'll right. let you know. Sure. And and send us some pics of those amps and and gear and stuff. We'd love and to. And then particularly that. the plaques. We'll oh, do. Yeah, that'd be cool. And you know, I can see uh, that you and Dumble had a had a great friendship, and I can see why you you sound like a really great bloke. And thank you 
few times. Hey, thank you for having us. Great. I think it's good that you guys put the record straight with him. And, and, you know, like the other one said, you couldn't talk about it. You know, sometimes I'm not much on the internet forums, but sometimes you're on the forum. It's like, you would like to write what's the real story. Right. The, but, uh, because it's so wrong. Right. <laughs> and so I think you guys doing a great job to, to, you know, we should get all the emails together because it definitely will paint. Wow, there's yeah. there's, there's a book right there. There's a yeah, book but right I there. ain't gonna be the editor. Sorry, you're gonna no, be me like neither. That's else. <laughs> but, but he had he had his way with English. I mean, he had uh, you know he had stuff that is like, man, this is not what I learned in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Georg, and good evening to you. And. Hope to see you and soon. Please make sure, you know, when you're here, you know, I drive up to Munich. Uh, give me, let me know. We definitely meet up. I'm, I'll let you know what my plan, what my plans are when I got them fixed in. Are you playing here? No, I'm actually going through there. I'm down in Bolzano, down in in uh, in uh, northern Italy. Not right. I used to live there. Oh, okay. So I worked uh, there for two and a half years. It's a great area. On Sontag, the guitar maker in Augsburg. Oh, oh, okay. He's doing it, so I'm going to kind of go there, and I'll probably stay in Augsburg and fly into Munich, and then we'll drive down to Bolzano. Yeah, it's a nice drive. There's still a lot of snow down there. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, have you been there before? Yes, I have. It's great. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great area. I love that. South Tyrol. It's, um, yeah. It's a good, good wine, good food. I mean, yeah. it's incredible food these guys have. It's, yeah. Uh, Okay, well, I hope to see you sure, then. That's you know, only a month or two away, so I'll see you then. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm around. You know, it's still COVID going, right? They, they lock you in. I haven't been in the well. I was in the U.S. Uh, in December, but uh, normally I went at least every quarter, right? I'm, uh, I'm missing it. I mean, it's well, you know, my company has the headquarter in in uh, Santa Clara. Uh, okay, and I lived in, I lived in Cupertino, and. Uh, you know, I know the music scene up there. I don't know if you know, you know, Johnny Cat and all these guys. Sure. You know, Junior Watson. I know, you know, these are the guys that... Uh, I'm a jazz guy, but I'm from up there, too. I'm from San Francisco, so... Oh, okay. So you grew up... Uh, yeah. uh, what's the... the Yoshi's, right? Over you know, in... Keystone Corner. I'm old. <laughs> but yeah, oh. Yoshi's after that. Yeah. yeah. That was after... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might not love that city. I haven't been there long. Yeah. So you guys enjoy. It was great. It was great to meeting you too. It was fun. All right. See you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.